Welcome to another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley, and this is our official Super Bowl edition. No, or we shouldn't say that. We don't have the rights, so. The, bi- uh, this, the big game. This is the big game edition. Reed, who are you going for? What do you mean? You gotta go. Eagles? For the Chiefs. For the Chiefs. For the sure the Chiefs. You just told me you were, you think the Eagles are going to win. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did not? Am I making that up? No. Weird. Okay, well. Well, even if, even if I thought the Eagles were going to win, I would be rooting for the Chiefs. Why? We got the Andy Reid connection. Patrick Mahomes has been my fantasy quarterback the last three years. Okay. All right. You just have emotional ties to this team. Yeah, I see. I see. Okay. All right. Okay, well, are, are you going for the Eagles? I'll take the Eagles. Let's uh, put a dinner on it. Oh, what? Yeah. Great. I'm in. Deal. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which, which, uh, which, how much do you think the Eagles players liked Avatar? I don't, I'm trying to do a connection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet they loved it. They're, you know, they're, they're all like 25 to 35, right? That's the right age range. Do they get to watch movies during the season? Who knows? They have, they have their days off. Okay. Yeah. I bet they've seen it. I bet the majority of them have seen it. Okay. All right. Uh, before we get to Avatar, Ty, do you have a favorite James Cameron movie? Well, I really love Terminator. And the I, first one? I love the first one. I also love... Did he do the latest one, or is that someone else? I don't think it was him. Okay. I think he was work, he's, I think he's been working on Avatar for the last 10 years. He's been in his avatar cave for so long. Yeah. All right. But I like, I like the Terminator premise and Arnold Schwarzenegger's hilarious. Yeah. I picked the second one, Terminator two, I think a little, little higher budget and that silver, like the policeman that shape shifts, that special effect is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I agree. We didn't choose Titanic. Oh, I'm just, I mean, it's not, you know. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> I, who doesn't love, love a love story, but. Ooh. That's a long one. Yeah. Well, maybe all of James Cameron movies are long. But I could use a little editing. Yeah, he he thinks he's he thinks he's more interesting than he is. What can you say? Yeah. All right. Well, are you giving away your review? No. Already? I didn't say anything uh, yet. Uh, how, when's the last time you watched the first Avatar movie? When it was in the theaters. Me too. I just, it's not one that I've ever gone back to or felt like I really needed to watch again. Isn't it interesting that people love it so much or that it did so well? I, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I, I don't have an emotional connection to it, which I would think a movie that did that well would leave, with, leave me or an audience with more of an emotional connection. But maybe connect, people connect with like the technical achievement and the beauty of it, which could be emotional, but it's like, I don't know. I, I don't think the story beats were that strong. Of the original one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can't, I can't justify either except as a sensational visual thing but usually i would think that 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 wouldn't carry like that's not enough you need the hook you need the story hook Uh, and yet super popular (laughs) and this movie yeah has made over two billion dollars as well yeah i bet he has at least a million (laughs) dollars james james old jamie james cameron probably could retire on his million dollars you're saying yeah at least he has enough to retire i bet but Instead, he's making, what, like three more avatars? I mean... At least one more, and if that one does well, he has the script written for two more after that, I think. Yeah. If you look on his 
IMDb, he's got up to Avatar 5, which, again, like, uh, I mean, he, oh, he makes the billions. I guess he's right, but it's annoying that, he's, that he thinks, yeah, for sure the world needs that. Well, I mean, I've been, I listened to an interview with him and he like wrote out all the stories. He had a writer's room. He really wanted it to be consistent with the first movie. But then I feel like this movie retread the villain. I can't, I can't believe they brought him back. Yeah. And it felt pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Like they're totally overpowered by this human technology. They can't fight back against it. And then they have a small victory at the end. Yeah, well, okay, I agree. With the, I would say with the caveat that I thought it was insane. Don't they never even mention the resource that they were mining in the first film? They never even mention think, it in the second film. I think on the boat, the guys, the the uh, Australian like captain is like, no one even cares about unobtainium anymore. I missed it. I totally missed that line. It was a throwaway line to justify. Them not mining at all. I mean, that's insane to me that that all of a sudden the whole motivation for the first movie is just gone. I mean, that what that they're there for whale or fake whale brain juice. I mean, come on. How would you? How would how would anyone have even found out that that juice would extend your life or make you immortal? Well, that gets to a bigger question, Reed. Which is, how did anyone ever find out anything? Like, how did the person figure out that popcorn would work and be delicious? Okay, I think about this all the time. You mean too? Our 10,000-year-old ancestors were just dying left and right until they figured out blueberries taste good and these other ones kill you. Yeah. Or like, how did they figure out that, uh, you know, if you mix gluten with water and heat it up, it'll, it'll harden or get thick? I mean, how did anyone figure out this stuff? We've gotten pretty deep here. <laughs> anyway. A little, a little more existential than normal on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, that's the power of James Cameron. Oh gosh, let's let's not give him that credit. It has a marine biologist. I mean, it makes sense to me. You discover a planet immediately; there would be scientists that want to study the life forms on it. That's not too crazy to me. Okay, but to figure out that this serum makes you never age is—I don't know. It's a leap, I, especially because did they know that when they left the first time? No, and they came back with all these sea ships and. A plan to hunt the whales? Exactly. Like, why did they leave? I mean, what did they come back for? At the beginning of this film, they come back. For what? It has to be for unobtainium. You would think so, but... But then they don't... There's not a lot of time that passes in this movie, right? Like, maybe six months? I think they say one year later. Okay. 18 months? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's bad. Uh, This is bad. Bad writing. I just... Is it that he doesn't care and he just wants it to look good and be visually appealing and tell his sort of nature allegory? And and his allegory of like harmony of the races of, um, of the world, you know? Like, it's so annoying to me that the sea people are so clearly mapped onto Polynesians. Like, <laughs> yeah. can you not imagine that there's a different type of... I, I mean, why does it have to map onto human races so clearly? Especially because there are a lot of peoples around the world that have sailed their whole their whole history like it's not like just polynesians were exploring the ocean yeah but also like what i've got a i've got a soft spot for polynesians so well we all love polynesians but like the the literalness the the one-to-one mapping to me shows a real lack of imagination yeah like okay there's an island people who also happen to tattoo themselves um 
I mean, it's just it's just too much. It's too much of these same. Uh, they you know the way they live. I don't know. It just seemed very like you. You're on a different planet. Like let your mind go wild. It could be anything. That's fair. Okay. I I just think it's like I don't know. Maybe you need people to make kind of an emotional connection immediately, and there's all this you know context around Polynesians on Earth that it just like gives people kind of a cheat book into this culture. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Star Wars does that? I mean, I feel like Star Wars does a better job. I feel like they. I feel like in Star Wars the the races the groups they don't map onto u.s groups which is nice it just shows that there's but they still they still are talking about diversity and they still get you engaged and you can still clearly identify who the who the um discriminated against classes are in star wars you know pretty clearly yeah you, but you know i think the majority yeah the majority of like the empire is all human right like that you don't see a lot of aliens in the empire but in the rebellion that's like three-fourths of the people yeah but when you see an alien in the rebellion, you don't think, oh, that's some Romanians <laughs> or whatever, you know? My gosh, that's correct. I do not. Right? Like you don't, they don't, it's it's not so clearly mapped onto an ethnic group here. Yeah. I okay. So I, I think he could have, yeah, I guess and he could have set it up better. I also think like you, like there's kind of three hours of this movie, right? Like the, they're literally the first hour all the stuff until they get to the sea people and then the hour in the ocean with the sea people and then the hour of them, you know, fighting the ship at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually liked the movie, the second half or, or once the exposition, silly exposition got over. Um, yeah. The I, beginning is so, so fast and it's like jumping around and they're just so much story coming at you. Yeah, and like the voiceover that explains everything to you. I mean, I hate that. I mean, I thought the by the time you get to the battle, it's a long battle. I just felt like it could have been the movie. The movie could have started an hour and a half in, and it would have been an interesting fight, and we would have figured out the sides. You didn't need to tell us yeah, everything. Like We would have figured out that those are his sons and that he cares about keeping them alive. You don't have to motivate us. You don't have to convince us of that. And it just felt, yeah, it just felt like a very heavy-handed setup. But then there were, for me, there were a lot of interesting tensions in terms of, in that battle, you know, spiders kind of got divided loyalties. There's a really interesting moment. I I, I think there's those are interesting human things where it's like um, the commander, you know, puts down his weapon because he doesn't want spider to get hurt. I don't think it ever fully, I, I was dissatisfied with explaining like how the mother could actually threaten spider. And I thought she like cut his neck too. I thought it showed that there was, a, there was a little bit of cut. I think definitely a little blood. She threatened to kill him for sure. But then he never. That's never um, followed. That would be pretty up. traumatic for a teenager, right? And then he hangs out with her later. Like there should have been an argument about it or something. Well, like if it was really a bluff, why did the commander call it? Like he, it had to be a credible threat. I feel like Spider shouldn't have been able to go back to it. Like he should have been like, "Oh, really? You would kill me? I I can't trust you anymore. I can't go with you." Oh yeah, I, I really thought it was going to push him to the commander's side, right? And then he saved the commander at the end, which I mean, I Spider was my least favorite character in this movie. I thought the acting was like rough. <laughs> well, it's hard to know what a it might have been hyper realistic acting for someone in that situation. It's hard to know. He was probably the only real person on that set, and just <laughs> a bunch of blue screen around him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but just. I don't know his his acting his 
Yeah, just like divided loyalty or uncertainty really did not work for me. Yeah, you don't really, you don't feel him being tugged. It doesn't feel earned when he does save the commander. And like the commander's evil. He's watched the commander kill people. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Bad. It doesn't, like, it, it could have been interesting and it could have created these tensions and these divided loyalties, but then it didn't. Or we needed to see Spider. We needed to see that Spider had turned bad, but we never yeah. see that. And then they brought Sigourney Weaver back as the spirit baby of the tree of life on this planet. Wait, what spirit baby? I don't know what you're talking about. Sigourney Weaver's the Sigourney Weaver's character from the first movie died. Yes, but then was pregnant. Yes, and had Sigourney Weaver teenager. <laughs> and I think. I think the father is that glowing tree that they plugged her into. No, that is And that's why Sigourney Weaver teenager has all these like visions and feels a draw to the planet. That doesn't make sense, Reed. Ty, when, wait till the third one comes out and that's what. Okay. That's the story. No, it doesn't make sense. I agree. It was crazy. That and is crazy. She sounded like a 60 year old woman. It was, it was Sigourney Weaver's voice, right? Yes. Yeah. That was weird. And it was mapped on her features, like it looked like her. Yeah. See, that's a problem with giving people this kind of CGI power. And then they think, oh, I know, we'll make the old woman play the young woman. You're like, no, there's differences. <laughs> and then I, I thought it was pretty obvious one of those sons was going to die. Like, there's one that you hear, you have all the emotional development with. He gets in the fights with the neighbor, with the other kids. And then the one that's like, we've just got to be good people. And like, oh, that guy is not long for this world. Yeah. Yeah, that was dopey. He was dopey. Yeah. Uh, are there things you liked about this movie? Well, I did. I did like the battle. I mean, I was into the the like I said, like the last hour. I was into. Yeah, it. the action was good. Yeah, I liked the. I mean, he came out of left field, and the the whale serum, whatever, was crazy. Like we talked about, but I did like the the captain had you know had Moby Dick vibes and um, had a personality. He was like he was doing some things. Yeah. And uh it had the guy is his name Jermaine something? The Jermaine Clement from Clement. like Flight of the Concords. In his least funny role ever, which was interesting. Like even even, yeah. even when he had funny lines, he didn't put any sauce on him, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, but it was very satisfying to get that see that guy's arm get ripped off by the chain and like Yeah. I don't know. The theater liked that moment. Yeah. And he had And the well, Jermaine had the best line of like, what was it? Who's got the, who's got the something now? Who's got the intelligence now? Oh yeah. About the, cause the whale was fighting back. Yeah. Oh, who has the harpoon now? Anyway, you could tell, I mean, uh, but again, it reminds me of Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic world or I mean, not Jurassic world, Jurassic park. And, uh, but it's not as good. It's like, uh, again, it's like the star Wars comparison. I can see how he's using these elements that are, that are in these movies in these for this kind of formulaic genre things, but just like not as good as others. Yeah. I, so what is the appeal? Why does it, why does he now have three of the five highest grossing movies? He's part of the Illuminati. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But do you think this movie has any chance for Oscar wins? Well, didn't it not get nominated for anything? CGI, I guess. I, yeah. I would guess some technical things. I don't know. I don't even remember it on the list. No, no acting nominations. No Sigourney. <laughs> no Spider. No, uh, no Jake Sully. Oh gosh. Oh, I did like 
in that exposition at the beginning when he's like, I'm practically a native speaker, like it's English. And the camera and like the the subtitles like fade away and then they switch to just speaking in English, but saying bro a lot and like uh-huh. cousin or I don't know, like cuz or it's like slang that like why do these kids speak like that? Yeah. And I and I mean I feel like all the arguments with the kids were all kind of tropey cliches of like, you know, when are we are we there yet on the journey? And I don't know, it just it felt very thin, very not very clever, not very imaginative. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, anything we haven't said yet, Ty? What's your no, closing that's, thoughts? That's good. All right, what are you going to rate Avatar The Way of Water out of five? Uh, I'm torn. Okay, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> okay. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a three. I mean, I it was... It was an amazing, like, technical achievement, and that fight was good. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know we were doing lifetime achievements for technical <laughs> expertise here. It was too long, and the spider storyline killed me. But, I don't know. Three. I'm giving it a three. I would, if it, was, if it was the second half of the movie, I would give it a four. Okay, yeah. Like, maybe they should just break it down to Avatar Way of Water Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah. Or on your future rewatches, you could just skip the parts you don't want to watch. Uh, there will be no future rewatches, which is another reason I know it's a two. <laughs> Fair. Uh, what else do you have to recommend that you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Oh, well, Reed, you went. You were at Sundance. I what? Yeah, don't steal my recommendation. That's, that's what I was going to say. Well, I can't. I wasn't there, so I can't. I can't recommend it. But I watched. Uh, I watched a movie that was at Sundance, Infinity Pool. Did you see it? No, but that's the Cronenberg. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Okay, did you watch it online? No, it's an AMC uh, in New York. Fancy. Already. It's brutal. Oh, man. Now that's core, and that's... Uh, it was, He's the son of the famous Cronenberg, or this is the famous Cronenberg? The son of. But it's all like body horror and like gross stuff, right? Totally gross. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I've seen any of his movies. Oh, I don't either. I mean, I haven't seen it either, but... Yeah. All right. So don't watch Infinity Pool. Wouldn't recommend it. Very dark. It basically is about this writer who's at this resort where in a country where if you get arrested, you can pay to have someone else die for you in your place. And so then he just starts, he just goes off the hook. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's freaking dark. It's like the purge, but you're just paying for someone to die. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) I mean, that sounds a little appealing. I'm like into it. You're intrigued. Well, that was that backfired. Well, who knows? Uh, I yes, I, I volunteered this year at Sundance. It was awesome to work in the theater and sit in on a couple of movies. But uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus is in this movie. You hurt my feelings. Uh, it was really funny, and it's like an A twenty four movie. I'm sure it's going to come out like wide release. But I think that was the the best one that I saw. Okay, nice. I'll look forward to yeah. it. Yeah. All right, thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. Go Eagles. Let's go Chiefs. Bye. Bye. Bye.